You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome into another Three Maw Pod. I am Cole Manbeck, joined as always by publisher and editor of K State Online KSO Derek Young. Uh, John unable to uh, to make this one, but uh, we are here to talk about more unfortunate circumstances with the Naquan Tomlin news that came out on Wednesday evening that he was being removed from the Kansas State basketball team. A statement was issued by Gene Taylor, written allegedly in my mind by uh, somebody other than Gene Taylor uh, did not uh, seem like a message that probably came from him. And uh, it's been an extremely frustrating, volatile week for Kansas State fans uh, with the Colin Klein news and then the Naquan Tomlin situation that has unfolded and, and it unfolded for far too long uh, due to some lack of leadership and an administration outside of the K-State basketball program. So D.Y., uh, I'm just going to open it up to you. I mean, I'm giving my thoughts on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash three maw, but I mean, I'm going to give my thoughts, but I, I want to open it up to you first and just let, let's hear it. What, what do you think of what transpired in this situation and what are your opinions on it? A lot of it's been confusing. So I understand the frustration from fans because they probably feel like they're kind of only getting one side of this, which is what we're kind of speaking you know sharing and and that's fair and they probably don't feel like they're getting all the details which it doesn't feel like any of us are so it's it's fair to have that frustration I, I wish we had more to say my criticism of the administration and by that I mean like the president and whoever is around him and I guess advising him is not so much focused on what the decision was or what the outcome was, just because I feel like what I have is incomplete and not able to form an opinion on that part of it. But what is very apparent and what I can have an opinion on and what I can focus on is the process in which he got there and how he handled himself to have multiple episodes of not being transparent, uh, the frequent breakdowns in communication, the the process in which it looks like you just strung along because what was happening in these last few months that couldn't have had Wednesday night's decision happen sooner, just because I think that would have been a big help too. Like, did it take three months or whatever it has been two months to come to this decision or come to this conclusion, three months, whatever it may be. That part doesn't make sense to me. Like if this was always going to be the conclusion, what took so long to get there? Why just bring them along? Why was there a failure in leadership? Why was there breakdowns in communication? Why was there no transparency? Why did you not steer in the same direction as everyone else? Why did you take it out of the hands of the athletic department? Why, you know, there's a lot of questions that make no sense of the actions of the presidential office and the cherry on top was it them making that or him, the president, whoever 
encouraged him to this choice. They made this independent decision, but they weren't willing to put their name on it. So that, that again, a failure in leadership, kind of cowardly, to be honest, um, just to not want to stake their claim to it because they made the athletic department throw it out and the athletic department didn't come to that same conclusion. So there's something you always say about leadership. When things go wrong, you're the one that uh, takes accountability. You know, uh, when, when things are bad, when mistakes are made to the public, you're the one that owns up to them. And when things are good, you bestow it on the people underneath you. And, and really that's been the opposite of how Richard Litton and, you know, his office has handled and conducted this. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to echo a lot of what you said, D.Y. And, and we will spread the love like Jerome Tang wants us to and try to be positive as this goes on. But we, this is our first pod on KCSN talking about this situation. So we want to give you guys our thoughts and the information that we do know that's fact-based. Okay. So, uh, unbeknownst to the, the, the decision is one thing. Okay. Like, do I think Naquan Tomlin should have been kicked off the team based off the information I have? No. Do I trust Jerome Tang? Like, is, if there is one human being to trust in this coaching staff, it is Jerome Tang, and I trust his judgment. You saw the video he released last night, and my reaction is, this is the guy you're not trusting with the decision. You're not empowering him with it. But whatever. Okay, you made the decision. We don't have 100% of every single fact with what transpired and occurred. I think he shouldn't. I, I think he should be playing basketball at Kansas State, but you made that decision. The What the real issue is, is the complete lack and failure of leadership from the university president, Richard Lenton, throughout the entirety of this process that is completely unacceptable and unbefitting of a leader. What we know throughout this entire process is there's been an incredible lack of communication and clarity delivered by the president's office. What we know is that there were there were meetings trying to be scheduled with Richard Lenton. Wouldn't, you know, he didn't want to have discussions with people. That, uh, you know, Jerome Tang, our understanding is at the last moment he may have met with Jerome Tang, finally. But it is it, not attaching your name to your decision is cowardly. And we know this was his decision. So put your name on it. The only people we're hearing from right now are Gene Taylor and Jerome Tang. Richard Lenton's sitting up in his ivory tower not saying anything. And it really frustrates the hell out of me. But uh, we know the coaching staff was upset. We know some of the heaviest hitting donors were in Jerome Tang's camp. A lot of influential voices of power are with Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang is one of the best things that's happened to Kansas State in a long, long time. And he's an incredibly valuable asset. The video that he put out last night on the K-State men's basketball Twitter account has over 1 million views in 12 hours. That's how powerful he is. And... Uh, Casey Geist, a friend of mine, he he sent me a great text about Jerome Tang last night that's so incredibly accurate. He thinks this th he could stop a world war with just how he is. I mean, the guy is is so incredible. He resonates with people. Um, you know, it, it's I'm just I'm just frustrated, DY, with the lack of leadership from Richard Lenton, and it just makes I, I just don't have any trust now. And where this thing, you know, and, and Richard Lenton's direction with the university, I, I just, I struggle with it. I mean, it's an emotional thing for me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, if you have anything to add. Well, that lack of trust, I think it's, uh, 
probably permeates throughout the athletic department now as well. So that that's the problem is how do these fences get mended and if they get mended at this point? Yep. <sighs> you don't you don't undermine your employees and you put trust in them as a leader. And unfortunately, Jerome Tang has been undermined. And I, I, I wouldn't want to work for a boss that micromanages and undermines a decision that I try to make. So uh, I think that could be problematic. But credit credit to Jerome Tang for being the far bigger person and releasing the video uh, that he did last night. And then going to campus, I think it was Channel 27 KSNT, uh, or I, th- I think it was, uh, that went and captured Jerome Tang going and you know, getting a few people that were in front of the president's house, uh, you know, to leave yesterday afternoon on on Thursday afternoon um, that were out there quietly, calmly protesting. So Jerome Tang has been the bigger person throughout this process, um, but the ramifications could be severe of what has transpired over this past week. To me, this isn't this isn't even about winning basketball games. Naquan Tomlin obviously would have helped Kansas State win games. I like Naquan Tomlin, the person. I think it would have been best for Naquan to be around a structured environment and be with this K-State basketball team uh, around the people that love him and that he trusts. But uh, he has since been uh, removed from the roster and he will likely enter the transfer portal and he will likely play at another college later this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Kansas State is facing Naquan Tomlin next month. Very, I mean... There are plenty of schools that are looking for midseason help, and Naquan Tomlin is tr- on track to graduate, which is what's most important here. Uh, on track to graduate, I believe, to be the first in his family to graduate uh, this weekend from Kansas State. And then he is eligible as a grad transfer, according to our understanding, to play the second semester if somebody if he does enroll somewhere. So we'll, we'll see if that happens or what his path is, but we do expect him to enter the transfer portal and to at least look at those opportunities. Um, man, what a week it has been. Uh, we will, uh, we'll go to a break real quick and then we'll come back, but, uh, we're going to tell you about our friends as always at home field apparel, uh, home field apparel has got you equipped with everything you need. Kansas state 40 plus items on their website at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, 15% off with discount code three mall 23 as always. So when you go in, place your order, enter the discount code three mall 23, and you'll score 15% off. Again, retro, comfortable gear. Um, you know, the hoodies that I own from Home Field are the most comfortable hoodies that I've ever owned. And I, I genuinely mean that. Uh, they're the softest, most comfortable um, hoodies and, and awesome looks and feel to them. So go to homefieldapparel.com, score 15% off with coupon code 3 mile 23 We'll be back to talk more K-State hoops after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. D.Y., did I miss anything on the Naquan Tomlin front? Is there anything that you have to add to what transpired? I don't think so. I think I tried to cover all the bases that were going through my head. It's an unfortunate situation. And you hope that it doesn't have greater ramifications long term, obviously, with the, you know, a lack of trust that's now, you know, maybe between the, the staff or the athletic department in the presidential office. You did have that video that Jerome Ting sent out that gives me some, you know, level of encouragement that this isn't damaged beyond repair, but we'll see what happens when the offseason comes uh, and and how that unfolds. Oh, he does love Kansas State, and that much was clear in the video and, and the investment that he's put in personally to making this the place that he wants to be, and you know, so you hope that it doesn't take one problem for him to go. Um, that there's a second chance here, but we'll see. Yeah, I actually have a couple more thoughts on this, and I, I want to ask you a question first. So, why did this happen Wednesday night? Why 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 did this happen after Tuesday night at the K State basketball game? Naquan Tomlin's on the bench, smiling. He wabashes with the students. Somebody, they put on the Jumbotron that Naquan Tomlin, free Tomlin, uh, on the Jumbotron appeared from the student section, and then the student section erupted in a We Want Tomlin chant. And we've been told, and again, this is a little bit anecdotal, but we've been told Richard Linton was really upset about that. And then on Wednesday, the pressure really cranked up. You saw it on social media. Everybody started to learn what was really happening here. And the fan base made a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails to Richard Linton. Why do you think this decision happened Wednesday night? Because to me, it feels like an emotional decision because yeah. he didn't like the protests and he didn't like the fans coming after him. Well, it's it was definitely a reactionary decision, right? I think that's fair, fair to say. And whether you can say that's based off emotions or based off a lot of pressure that was starting to build behind the scenes, not just from fans and the protests and the students, but also the big money hitters, as you suggested earlier in the show. So I think it was a reactionary decision, but no one can really tell if it was based off emotion or just the internal pressure that he was beginning to receive. And like Jerome Tang was wanting all along, clarity, right? Because you can, I can answer your thing two different ways of why this happened on Wednesday. Clearly a reactionary decision, but also why did it take until Wednesday? If he was going to be booted off the team by the president office, I mean, like I said, this thing happened a long time ago. Yeah, they, they had the information that they needed. They could have made this decision a while ago. Naquan Tomlin's been sitting on the bench for four games now. All of a sudden, because the pressure cranks up, it almost, like you said, feels like a reactionary decision. Uh, and that's 
again, not what leaders really do. So, um, I don't know, man, just a real frustrating, uh, one-on-one example of what you don't do as a leader. I, I like Richard Linton. I liked Richard Linton. Um, we had him on three Ma this summer. Uh, I don't, I don't know this, this behavior has been bizarre, but we'll move on because Jerome Tang asked us to move on. Uh, he told, he, he urged the fans to spread the love, uh, to be positive, to pray for name talk, Naquan Tomlin. Uh, it was a powerful video. You could tell Jerome Tang was, was emotional in it. It was a minute 20. Like I said, it's already got over a million views. He's an incredibly powerful human being. Uh, morally, ethically driven, and it's just K State. We're incredibly fortunate to have him at Kansas State. What I will say, my message to K State fans would be this: you know, because I I do think they're upset as a, a coaching staff about what has transpired, but they're being the bigger people here, and they're moving on. What I would say is, you know, there's probably some people fearful that jerome tang will leave because his trust and authority has been undermined by richard linton in the president's office my message would be to show up to bramlage coliseum every game the rest of the year to pack and fill every seat we know jerome tang loves kansas state and we know he loves kansas state fans and he loves pack gems make him feel the love and the atmosphere just like everybody did when they united in unison for for jerome tang on social media and outreach to the president's office on wednesday in support of him Make him feel the love, and you know he'll recognize that uh, the love for the hundreds of thousands of K State fans that are out there is far greater than the frustration over one human being uh, in Anderson Hall. So that's that's my thoughts. Uh, you know, I guess we, we should be as positive as possible. That's what he will want, and we should. I think all all of us should follow his lead and be the bigger people at this point. So I I haven't been the bigger person these last fifteen minutes that we've been recording, but. You know, we'll move onward now and try to be that. I think the what would have the biggest impact on him, on Jerome Tang, what he would be most appreciative of, and obviously you want to keep him happy, have, have him be appreciative, would be to heed the advice that he said in that video. Sorry, get a little sick. I would I would heed the advice that he said in that video about spreading love and and not being so vitriolistic as the last 72 hours have been, although it's understandable. So, you know, work out a love again, go back to how, how, how it was before, but also support the hell out of the team and, and, and pack the gym, right? Because that, that leaves more of a mark on him than anything. He is, you know, you, people don't like when he talks about attendance, but the fact that he does talk about attendance the fact that he will tip his cap to the fans when he thinks it's amazing means he, I mean, you can take those examples and share, and come to the conclusion that he is very moved when he has a packed gym because everyone is there to support him, but also the guys that he recruited that he promised that it would look like that. So um, I think that's a big, big deal. And can kind of make up for what has happened in maybe the last couple of months. Probably getting a little sick, DY, because you haven't slept probably in seventy-two hours uh, with uh, the week that we've had. So, yeah, and if you can barely hear, tell what I'm saying, I apologize. I'm no, no, we 
battle through the coughs here. Yeah, we we can hear you. Sorry, I uh, appreciate you sucking it up for everybody to to go through this this week. It's the fourth pod. I think it's mainly because I've been having a voice cough problem for what seems like three or four months that I can't kick for some reason. And I believe, now I have to keep reminding myself what day of the week it is, so that tells you where I am. So today's Friday. I don't think I've done less than six shows in a day this week. So I might be pushing 40 shows. Busy guy. Uh, a little busier than me when it comes to this stuff. So um, now I agree with everything you said about the, you know, packing Bramlage Coliseum and uh, creating a, an electric atmosphere. It was great on Tuesday night against Villanova. The whiteout looked great. Um, I, the fans responded to Jerome's, Jerome Tang's challenge to to show up. Now they might have already been planning to show up anyways. It was a bigger non-con game. But uh, the sad thing is, D.Y., we're, we're almost 20 minutes in here recording. We also haven't mentioned the Villanova win. We haven't, we haven't talked about uh, but but nobody has really talked about the Villanova game. No one's, no one's talked about the Villanova win. No one's talked about Saturday's LSU game. Um, and to be honest, with all the distractions that have taken place, and coming off the heels of that huge win in Villanova, another overtime victory against the name opponent in Bramlage Coliseum, doing it in dramatic fashion. The, 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 the players and the coaches go into the student section afterwards and Wabash with them as if it was senior night last year. This is a really trap game Saturday against LSU when you think about all of that that went into it. Like, has have they been locked in on this opponent? I think we know that. 100% probably impossible to do. I mean, Jerome Tang, not that he can't take 10 minutes to himself, but he's doing a video, um, which he probably would always do, no matter if there was a game or not, some kind of video. But he's going on the campus and encouraging guys to get off the president's lawn. So uh, the players going by the protest as well and signing stuff. So there's been a lot that's going on. We haven't celebrated the Villanova win. We haven't talked about the LSU game. A lot's going on. I mean, that was one of the loud, now my, maybe the loud, loudest. Now, my experience in Bramlage Coliseum is much shorter than everyone else's. I know there's some KU wins that certainly um, are amplified, but I've covered the team again since 2017, and that includes two wins over KU. But from a Sandstorm experience, that one might have been tops for me. Yeah. You know, the only unfortunate thing about the sandstorm is the timeout got cut just short. Do you want? Yeah, if, but that we, <laughs> the, first, the first few seconds of the sandstorm was crazy. Yeah, if we would have had just 20 more seconds, the the electric part of it, when it slows down, speeds up, would have hit. And man, I was hoping the referees would stall it a little bit longer. But uh, a really nice win. K-State really controlled the game for almost the entire thing. And then Villanova goes on a run at the end and eventually you know, t- takes the lead. Uh, K-State gets into overtime, and then you feel comfortable when Jerome Tang's in overtime. 9-0 and in his coaching career at Kansas State. I, I don't even know, D.Y. Like, I don't know if Tom Gilbert or the K-State SIDs have pulled this. I'm, I'm sorry, they, they probably have. I don't know if a coach has ever started his career 9-0 and in overtime games. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, so I, I've, I've never, never seen anything like it. I, not not just a coach start 9-0 in overtime. I haven't seen... I've never heard of an, a scenario where a team wins nine straight overtime. That, that too. 
I've also, I think you got to go back to 1964, the last time K-State specifically won three consecutive overtime games, like in a row, I believe. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun here. Let's try to recall all nine of these. Last last season is five of them. So Michigan State and LSU. KU. KU and Bramlage, right? Was that overtime? Yeah, that was over. That was overtime, right? Yeah. Um, was Texas? No, nah, they they now nah, they blew. They pretty much just controlled Texas from the start. But that uh, was a game that was in the hundreds, so I wasn't sure. Man, I want to cheat here. I was. I almost just looked at my phone to pull up the schedule from last year. Baylor, Baylor. So Texas, Baylor, back to they, back at Baylor. At Baylor, went to overtime. Ish, ish hit the big three. So that's four. Um, one more. Was there a non another non con win? Was it just LSU? Let me uh, let me look at that. While you, you you keep trying to figure it out, while I pull up the schedule, uh, you're gonna cheat. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get us the answer here uh, in just a second. If you can't think of the fifth one, well, God, uh, no. What about Wichita State? Was that no? No, I don't think so. Um, it's probably is Oklahoma State at home. Or on the road. No, oh, how we for Nevada? Nevada went to overtime. Dy. Uh, well, those games in the Caymans weren't. No, there. so so Nevada went to overtime. LSU didn't. K State won sixty one fifty nine in regulation. They ah oh, West Virginia in overtime. Big Twelve opener in Manhattan. You guys were at the Sugar Bowl. You guys were at the Sugar Bowl. I was at that game at Baylor. Yeah, at Baylor. So they uh, they beat West Virginia by six in OT. They beat Nevada by nine. They beat KU by one. Um, and then Michigan State game, uh, obviously won ninety eight to ninety three, and uh, they won at Baylor ninety seven ninety five. And then we know that this year they've won four games in overtime already. Providence, yeah, Providence, Oral Roberts, North Alabama, <laughs> and Villanova. I think it's incredible, but I think we all would like to win a game in uh, regulation uh, again soon. So it's a little, hey, or no, I get it for your nerves. Or since you never lose, why not every game? (laughs) Yeah, keep the incredible streak going. So, I mean, big picture, do you want? I guess, first of all, Tyler Perry, he struggled for much of the game offensively, makes it, you know, I think that was his sixth game tying or go ahead shot in his career in college basketball in the last five seconds of a game that uh, he hit and that was to go ahead three uh and then arthur kaluma 26 points 10 to 13 shooting nine rebounds in the first half alone he had 17 points and eight rebounds he's averaging almost 17 points a game now on 45 percent shooting he's shooting a career best 34 percent from three he's averaging almost nine rebounds a game i uh, maybe just touch on Tyler Perry in the clutch, and if they can get him going a little bit earlier in games, and then just what you've seen from Arthur Kaluma, and can he be that that number one guy on this team moving forward now that we know Naquan Tomlin's gone? He's going to have to be. He didn't have a choice, I think. Um, he or Cam Carter, at least in the immediate future, just because with Day-Day still being young on experience and Quest Glover still being injured, Tyler Perry still has to play facilitator a little bit more and be a little bit more unselfish at times during the game. That means the scorers have to be Cam Carter and Arthur Kaluma. 
So he didn't really have a choice. I think he can do it. He's showed it, I think, four, four or five of his last six games, I want to say, or basically him averaging 18 and almost 18 and 10. So I'm, I'm becoming a, more and more of a believer in him and what his buy-in has been. Uh, but he's really turning it on, I think. Yeah, I, I think he's turned a corner, um, something that it's, it's come to a point where you're almost able to count on it every night. And that's what I think Jerome Tink was vying for from Kaluma at one point. In the case of Tyler Perry, like I said, he's forced into more facilitator, unselfish rule at times during the game just because of where Kansas State is at the lead guard spot. That takes away some of his own scoring production. At the same time, he's been elite in late game moments. And, and to be honest, I think we overlook some of it because it was the turnover that he had against North Alabama, I believe, where he just stood in an inbounds pass, I think stole the ball, right? Um, intercepted it, so to speak. I think that was North Alabama. Or, or, that, that one was Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts. Uh, yeah. And then it was 71 to 67 with about a minute left. Yep. And Villanova had the ball. Or no, K State yeah, at the ball. Dixon, yeah, Dixon hit a three yeah. at the top of the key. That was actually K State defended. I thought pretty well. They're big at the three, and then there was the loose ball. Is that, that what you're going to? Seventy-one sixty-seven. Villanova after that three. Yep. K State goes down, almost turns it over. I think is what happened. Yep. Like I think Villanova deflects the pass. It rolls into the the other side of the court, and somehow Tyler Perry wins that loose ball against two other guys and finds an open guy for a basket. Without that hustle play and that little, you know, intangible play from Tyler Perry that doesn't even include him shooting the ball, he doesn't get a chance to shoot the ball to take the lead. No, they they lose the game. If that because if he doesn't get on the floor and get that ball, Villanova gets the ball, gets a layup at the other end, goes up six with under fifty seconds left in the game. Instead, they get a layup to cut it to two with forty eight seconds left. You could argue that was like the three is important, but you could argue that's more important because the three doesn't happen without that. The three was a very similar move to uh, what he did against North Alabama. He he did a step back, created space for himself, and just buried it, and once again showed how he is. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy that can create a ton of space just because his athleticism is sometimes going to be lesser than the guy in front of him. But I think it's still fine because he he can create space even if it's a, not, and not a lot, but he doesn't need a lot of space to get off shots. With that all being said, he's been built up to be the best shooter in America. I still think he is, or at least he's very plenty capable of it, and it's in him. But we're not seeing it on a consistent enough level yet. I, I think that will come. I still think he's got I just feel like D.Y., he's going to go on a shooting tear at some point. Yeah, that's coming. There, and there's going to be a game where he's just going to make like eight or nine threes. Yeah, <laughs> like he might just carry them to a win. Um yeah. Yeah, you remember the game of Texas last year when K-State hit like 16 threes. Like, it feels like there's going to be like a game where they're underdogs and he just hits eight or nine threes and lifts them to a win. We'll, yeah. we'll see, but hopefully that's... I, I, I agree with that, especially the underdog side of it. But I think they're probably going to need a performance like that to get to one of LSU, Nebraska, or Wichita State to win because they just got done with Villanova. This team has played in three straight overtime games. They've had the distractions with the Naquan Tomlin situation. They're going to need someone to probably have just an unbelievable game to carry through with them one of these contests because they're 
going to be running on empty soon, I think. Yeah. I mean, Arthur Kaluma played 44 minutes in that game against Villanova. I mean, Tyler Perry, I don't think he came off the floor for like a three minute stretch at one point, but, and Kaluma's now had 20 or more points and led the team in scoring three of the last four games. He's been terrific. The, I always get a kick. He's got this like slow shot fake that he does and uh, it's really well done. And he's got a great Euro step that he put on display against Villanova. And I think big picture DUI, this team now has beaten Providence, who's 49th in Ken Palm. I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to the net rankings this early. I'm going to look at Ken Palm still. Providence is 49th and Villanova is 32nd in Ken Palm. So you got two top 50 Ken Palm wins. Last year, your best Ken Palm win was Nevada, which at the end of the season was ranked 62nd in Ken Palm. So, I mean, they're, they've They've lost to to two good teams in USC and Miami. Miami couldn't miss. K State had a poor shooting performance, and I think we thought ten and three in the non-con would be a good non-con given the schedule, and especially without Tomlin and without Quez Glover. Which, by the way, what and and by the way, Quez Glover was shooting after the game, like forty-five minutes after, was out there with a manager working out and shooting, and and they expect him back hopefully right after Christmas break before Big 12 play, which will give them another capable veteran guard uh, that will be a big lift for this team, assuming he can be healthy. Uh, But now you go into a three-game stretch with at LSU, 93rd in Ken Palm. They're 5-3. and They've won four of their last five games. Uh, They still have some talent, but it is a game that you you should be able to... You're going to be potentially favored. I just looked at the ESPN like predictability metrics. They have LSU as a slight favorite. I haven't looked at the betting line yet if it's out, but they play played better basketball lately, so yeah. They're and they still got a they got a few pieces that uh, are solid. Will Will Baker is their leading scorer. He came from Nevada. He had 19 last year against K State on eight of 13 shooting in the Cayman Islands tournament. He's this a seven like foot it. center. This will be the third different team that K State has seen him with. Yeah, Texas, then Nevada, and now with LSU, he transferred there this offseason from Nevada. Uh, he's leading them with 15 points. Uh, per game and then also almost six rebounds per game seven foot center he can also step out and hit the three a little bit and then jordan wright who k-state recruited out of the portal a transfer from vanderbilt fifth year guy with almost 1300 points in his career is their second leading scorer so they, they have they have a few pieces it'll be a tough game it'll be kind of a trap game like you alluded to dy but if you can get past this game you have a real opportunity to potentially get to 11 and 2 Nebraska, while they were off to a great start, got the doors blown off of them by Creighton and then lost. They blew a 15-point lead in the second half at Minnesota this week. So they've lost two in a row. And then Wichita State is much improved. I mean, Paul Mills is a good coach. That'll be a hard game in Kansas City. Uh, so, but, but, but you'll be favorites in the Nebraska and the Wichita State game. So you win this game, you have a real shot at 11-2, and two, and that's a home run with this knockout. Well, I don't think they're going to lose in Bramlage. To Nebraska, yeah, so I that up as a win. The trickiest game is probably out of LSU, just because of all the circumstances that are surrounding it, and what they're going through, and what they've just been through. So that's the yeah. way I see it. Jarrell Colbert going against this former team, and Cam Carter going home, right? Yeah, Cam Carter going home. Dorian Finister going home, but Jarrell Colbert played for LSU. Yeah. Do you think they scheduled games like this strategically for guys to go home? Frank Martin used to do that. Part I, that's definitely part of it. Coaches do that, but they were also just kind of the way Jerome Tang described it. I wouldn't say desperate, but they were seeking a team that was willing to go home at home because they wanted good games in Bramlage Coliseum. Yeah. D.Y., who's LSU's coach? 
Matt McMahon. Okay. <laughs> I was I was completely blank in there. That's more well, that's Israel Courts faced his former team. He didn't play for Matt McMahon, and I don't know if there was any Tigers still left on the roster that he was teammates with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't I don't he's pretty removed from it now and with the transfer portal probably yeah. not maybe a guy or two, but teams yeah. change reverse so much that it, after two years, they're probably nobody else. It's but, crazy the way, the way that is. Now, uh, it, it is K-State's first true road game. I will say, for those of you that have watched LSU basketball at home, the atmosphere is not uh, not overly intimidating. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't expect like a frenzied crowd tomorrow, you know. but I don't know. Maybe there will be. Maybe they'll be all excited. K-State has struggled in this. This isn't the SEC challenge, right? But K State has struggled on SEC road basketball games. You think of like the Ole Miss game. Um, I think a couple different times at Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, Texas A and M. Some some but I was leave. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. So anyways, all right. Well, um listen to Jerome Tang, folks. Spread love, not hate. Think about Naquan Tomlin. Uh happy for him that he's graduating this weekend and we wish him nothing but the best moving forward. Uh, the direct quote from from Jerome Tang was, let's move forward with love, spread love. So we'll listen to Jerome Tang because I think we all have a great deal of respect for him and this coaching staff. And uh, look forward to watching an actual basketball game again tomorrow and hopefully moving on from all the various distractions over the last few days. Let's have positive vibes. Let's, uh, let's move onward and have some fun. Enjoy the heck out of this basketball season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you listening to another episode of Three Mall. Get it, get it, get it.